0: Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Now, if you're listening to us today in your car, perhaps on your way to work, the chances are that the last thing you're really noticing are the people driving by. Through that windshield glass, we just don't seem to see each other as human beings much at all. So today, as a kind of roadside service, we thought we'd give you a chance to get acquainted with a few of your fellow motorists out there, We're going to hear from two people behind the wheel out there in that faceless traffic. Once you hear their stories, though, I hope you'll feel, as it says in those, you know, special rearview mirrors, that they're really a lot closer than you think. We call today's mobile morning stories Two for the Road.
1: When I was a little kid, uh, we lived in Florida, and there was this kid's show, the Uncle Hubie show. Meet Ravi Jane. And Uncle Hubie, he would, like, crank up an old-style car. This was the opening sequence. He'd be riding in there uh, and bouncing along, which I always thought was hilarious. And then he would kind of pull up to the studio and then go in, and then it would cut to him in the studio. And suddenly at one of the local malls, Uncle Hubie was there. And he was doing, like, magic tricks, and I remember he called up my sister, and I was like, okay, there's this person that's on TV, but they're interacting with my sister. You know, I totally had this idea of of forming this relationship with what you see. And that's always kind of fascinated me. I got to know Robbie a few months ago, and
0: I downloaded his video podcast, or vodcast, called Drive Time. The sheer simplicity of it is his charm. It's nothing but Ravi driving to and from work, talking to a camera that he set in the dashboard about all the things that are happening in his car. He told me how he got the
1: idea. I was sitting at a red light in my car. In your car. And I realized, you know, I have a half-hour commute to work. So that's an hour day. In Boston, like any city, is all sorts of fascinating people doing fascinating things. So I had this idea... uh, of doing this talk show out of my car as I commute to work, anyone who has anything going on in Boston that happens to fall upon the route of you know Jamaica Plain to Alston on my commute to and from work, is it different from the relationship you would expect to
0: have if you were doing a TV show?
1: I think it is different because it it lives on the web and it lives in a blog, and that you mm-hmm. know that you know the long tail of comments becomes part of the piece. television as of now, they might have, okay, let's read some viewer mail, but that's kind of filtered. After the first couple of episodes, I was getting these comments from people that were like, you know, you're really talking over your guests. So I made a sticky that said, shut up, Ravi, and I put that on my shifter. (laughs) And so the very next episode, I probably veered to the other extreme where I was like, I didn't want to say anything, but because of the feedback I was getting, it almost becomes collaborative It's a very simple concept that you can explain to people. You know, by the way, I've, I've started doing a talk show out of my car as I commute to work. Boom, right there. High concept, I get it. Right, so what? how can you push or pull this? And that's always kind of fascinated me. I'd love to have someone on from the Franklin Park Zoo. You know, bring the little animal that's scurrying around my <laughs> neck because I'm on the J-way, you know. Uh, so things like that. There's so many, you know, it's... Uh, it is a bit selfish because it's, it's an opportunity for me to meet all these different people in this area. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. kind of like you set it free, and, and you see what happens. One of the reasons I
0: download you regularly is because I really want to see what you're going to do next. And I have a feeling you don't know yourself. Which is why I'm scrambling every week. <laughs> I do want to say something that I hope you'll find inspiring. You talked about how when you were a kid, you, you had a relationship with television that meant something to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, people who really end up making very original contributions sort of start that way because I knew a lady who uh, had the same kind of feeling for television and when she was a little girl she used to watch this uh, western called Hop Along Cassidy Mm -hmm. and she was sure that Hop Along Cassidy was seeing her because she was seeing him so she would always dress up in a party dress she would sit down at a little tea table in front of the television and she would put a rose in a glass so that she could have some time with Hoppy and you know what she grew up to be? What's that? The head of Nickelodeon. Wow. She invented a way that cable could become something completely different. She created a revolution. So there's hope for In me. broadcasting. So go forth and do likewise.
1: <laughs> Hi, welcome to Drive Time. I would love to have some guests, but I really can't deviate from my
0: If you subscribe to Ravi's show and watch it long enough, and after a while you get reminded about a special property that cars do have. It's the space where people really can talk to each other. Maybe it's all that sitting side by side without too much eye contact that lets the conversation flow between people who may not uh, know each other too well or who are already far too close to relax. Speaking from my own experience, a long drive in a car is a great place for, let's say, a teenage son and his father to get back in touch with each other and with what's on their minds. Not long ago, we got an email from a man named Mark Richmond in Ohio with a story to tell about connecting with his father long after his father had died. It all began, as he tells us, in a truck. He writes, Thanks for putting out an outstanding show. I listen to the podcast every week while working. If you're interested in how I got to know my dead father better last week, read on. In 1988, I was a senior in high school. That February, my father died of heart disease. He was the owner of Servalunch, selling sandwiches, snacks, coffee, and cigarettes out of a step van to workers in the surrounding area. By the time I was born, he and his partner had a nice little thing going, about six trucks, In the 1980s, however, many of those factories closed, and bye-bye to his customer base. Now that I have a family of my own, I realize how much I still miss him. Sometimes I talk to my mother or brother or sister about him, hoping they'll relate a new story I haven't heard before. When that happens, it feels like he's come back to life, and I had a conversation with him because I learned something new. This past Saturday, my supervisor Jack, that's not his real name, rode with me on my route delivering prepackaged snack cakes and boxed donuts for a commercial baker to supermarkets and convenience stores in my assigned territory. Now when the boss works with you, (laughs) it's a real headache because it's his job to correct me on everything I do wrong. To make matters worse, our company is going through a reorganization and we both were facing the very real possibility of getting laid off in the coming weeks. About two-thirds of the way through the route, I mentioned who my father was and what he did for a living. Jack said that he thought he knew my dad when he used to deliver bread. He'd heard a story about him from another driver that made regular deliveries to serve a lunch. This is a story that's been repeated many times among drivers and has become a bit of folklore. I listened carefully. The driver came to my dad's business at a point when he was behind on his bill, hoping to collect. My dad invited him in his office and said, "'Close the door.' The driver nervously walked in, shut the door behind him. My dad, who is a deeply religious man, said, "'Let's pray.'" driver said uh, that right then he knew he wasn't getting his money. I was overjoyed at having heard this story. It sounded exactly like something my dad would have done. It was as if he was reminding me to relax about the possibility of losing my job, my livelihood, and to trust in my faith to help me through. Well, Mark, thanks a lot. That was Mark Richmond with a second of today's Morning Stories, Two for the Road. We hope you enjoyed them, and wherever you are, listen, if you're driving, drive carefully. Remember, the life we're saving out there is the one behind every wheel. As always, we want to give our thanks to Ipswich, a leader in file transfer software, for sponsoring this podcast. You can drive to their website at ipswich.com. That's IPSWITCH. And be sure to keep that email coming to morningstories at WGBH.org. See you next Friday.